Hey, welcome to our show. I'm your host, Tyler Coe, and I'm excited to have you here, no matter how you got here. We do our show live on Twitch every single week, and you can also watch recorded versions on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iTunes, and I think a few others. All links are in the description below, and as always, please subscribe. And with that, let's start the show. How are we today, everybody? I am your host, Tyler Coe. Welcome to my mental health show. A uh, reminder that you can watch this show on YouTube and Facebook the following day, as well as listen on Spotify, iTunes, and most of your audio platforms. Um, we do the show live each week uh, on Twitch on Monday. So if you're watching us right now, of course, you already know that. Um, and today is going to be an interesting topic, um, but it's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time now and honestly I have kind of found myself wrapped up in this for a couple years now um, I know that I struggle with this and I'm sure most of you do as well we're trying to figure out if this thing is even real to begin with or is it a totally made up thing in the context of both our lives and our well-being and that is failure so today's topic is about failure um, is it real I don't know if failure is real. Um, in some regards, in some literal regards, yes, it is real. Failure is real. But the other side of that is, can we truly fail at any, anything if said failures lead us to change, which leads to growth, which is just being a human being? So how can the human experience be wrong if we're doing what we need to do? I don't know. I definitely think I focus on it too much. I know that I rewrite my own history I give myself way too many L's in the failure column. Uh, maybe you do the same. And, and I know for sure that it affects my mental health. For sure that it does. I think it's the biggest puzzle piece in my road to recovery, my process into trying to figure it out. And I don't, I don't know, this might just be me again, um, but I feel this energy globally that I've kind of leaned into the collective failures that we brought upon ourselves, which I probably just manifested in my, ho my own head, so perceived or not, and then trying to take on what I believe to be the world's failures on top of my own, and good Lord, Atlas, I cannot carry that load. That's an impossibility. And one thing I know for sure as I continue forward with my mental health process is I have to address it. I... I have to confront it. I have to figure out how do I deal with failure. So as somebody told to me uh, or told me about the show is that for our, our audio listeners, I need to announce when I'm writing on the chalkboard so you guys don't think I just disappeared. So right now I'm going to write on the chalkboard what our show is about today, which is how do I deal with failure? That is the topic for today's show. And uh, on today's show, we have some amazing guests. We have back Dr. Aaron Underbrink. Uh, I have my old friend on, Mr. Edward Stockwell. We're going to wrap up the show with some homework. Uh, we were supposed to do show and tell last week. Uh, we didn't, so we pushed it to this one. I don't have a lot to show and a lot to tell because I didn't get a lot. However, I do have this for you. And stick with me here. But um, tonight's post show, because I'm not too convinced I want to put this on YouTube or Spotify, and it's another perk if you watch the show live is that we always do a post show and do some unique things in there. Um, I'm going to tell you guys the story about the spider and also everything I've ever done in my life. 
So if you want to stick around and figure out why the heck I'm going to tell you about any of those things, stick around for the post show because that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, and I know it was a big bummer to not do the show last week because I had a bit of a week. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to be able to even do this show because I've had so many different people support me. And one of the people that gave that support was uh, the form of it was a studio to actually do the show in. Well, unfortunately, I had to pick it up and move in the middle of the night. Um, these things happen. It wasn't expected to happen, but it did. And it's one of those things for somebody like me, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this. I've been on the move for years now. I still don't have a home of my own that I can call my own. Um, I've been couch surfing, house sitting, you name it. I've been living everywhere for the past couple of years. And when you have to pick up and move again, it just, it snaps something in you. It snaps something in me. It triggered a ton of emotions. And then I started to spiral. And I know you guys are very, very, very familiar with that spiral, but it's not unique. It's all typical. Um, these big jarring things will do that to your mental health. And I assume so many of you guys are familiar with this next part, but you start going down the wrong road in your mind, right? You begin that spiral. You know, I would not be in this situation if I had my own place. I'd have my own place if I had a job. I'd have a job if my resume was better. My resume would be better if my show got greenlit in LA. I wouldn't have to be in LA if my show that I was doing before didn't get canceled. If my show didn't get canceled, I wouldn't have had to do it again because I should have just got the first one right. I'm a total failure as a human being. Why do I not treat people better? Why am I so bad to my family? Why can't I just figure things out? I am a failure. All of you guys know that one. It's like repeat. It's like every day stuck in a prison where a sadistic guard keeps the TV channel on that static one to keep you crazy. That's what it is. And, and I know that despite that twisted jungle of thought, that there is like hope at the end of it. There, there's got to be. I don't know how to get there. However... I do think that maybe our first guest can help us out in that regard. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Iceface. I have no idea what she has lined up, but I am so excited to welcome back to the program. Uh, again, Dr. Aaron Underbrink, who is a licensed clinical uh, psychologist that um, blew us away the last time she was on with her regulation exercises and skills and Iceface. And if you don't know what Iceface is... Um, my gosh, go watch the last episode that she was on. But I'm very excited to see what she has on today. So, um, Doc, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm feeling the pressure. That was quite a setup. <laughs> I got. I, I always got to set it up for you. I always got to set it up for you. But we're doing good? We're doing good. Yeah. I mean, it's Monday, but it's it, good. It is a Monday. Um so we had kind of talked a little bit about what today's topic was going to be. And I already saw that you, I mean, you have something for everything and you started posting a few different things that I really, really liked. And um, before we get to those, I, I kind of want to just ask you, um, you know, hearing my setup and what I'm going through, but you know, everybody has kind of their own definition of what failure is. Some of it is very literal, right? Like, you know, there's human failure, there's mechanical failure, but when it comes to our own failures, a lot of that's subjective. Um, so I just kind of want to get your thoughts. First of all, what is, what is failure to you? Complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> lack of better 
immediate answer. Failure is really complicated. And I think, um, you know, as you told me you wanted to talk about failure. And so when I was doing some research and trying to figure out what does the science say about it and what do the experts say about failure and what does it look like and what does it mean? Um, I think personally failure just sucks. I mean, it's that feeling when you've been working towards something and then it doesn't go well for whatever reason, and it just feels horrible. Um, and, and I think in a lot of ways, failure is, is a plan that didn't execute the way you wanted it to. Right. Yeah. And so then you're left with this feeling of, well, what now, what do I do? And why is that my fault? Is that someone else's fault? What do we do with that? And you're totally right that when we think about what that means on a scientific level and on a human level and kind of more globally, yeah, it doesn't really exist, but it totally does exist. So it's complicated. <laughs> it's, it's so frustrating, right? Yeah. Um, that's a failure in itself is to accept failure. It's one of those things. Um, and, and I know that, you know, we all generally have dealt with our own failures. But I think when it comes to mental health, I mean, that's just, as we've talked about on the show, that's an extra layer of mm -hmm. that can send you in a bunch of different directions because failure itself actually causes symptoms of mental health, correct? Totally, totally. And uh, this is where it gets complicated in a way that's that's interesting though, because failure is one of those things that people respond to differently. So we know that there's some people that fail. Sorry, it glitched and I wanted to make sure you could still hear no, me. No, you're all good. You're all good. It's good. okay. <laughs> I paused. That's why. Um, we know that there are some people that when when there's a failure, they're met with this like debilitating, well, spiral, right? The spiral that happens that is what do I do now and why did this happen to me and it's always going to happen to me and maybe it'll happen in the future and we have ideas of why that happened. But then there's other people that fail and have this more like optimistic, like cool, a new challenge, right? So I think that's what initially triggered a lot of people to want to do research around this. And especially when it came to kids, right? Why do some kids respond to a failure by shutting down and other kids respond by rising to the challenge? And how, what do we do with that? How can we get more people doing the second one? So that could also be confusing for you if you're sitting here or me or you know our viewers if we're sitting here and you failed and you're thinking well I'm in the category of the people who get really spiraled and really distraught by this what's wrong with me that I'm not in the other category right right, right. um I, I know for me and I again I, I try and have those those I statements when talking about this right because I, I it's it's me it's my experience because um, I don't want to uh, talk for everybody else but I do think in the and then I say, but I do, but then I'm going to go ahead and assume um, people with mental health illnesses usually start the day at zero. I'm not saying that everybody starts a day at 100%, but we start at zero. So trying to handle those failures, right, and work through those when with with the patients that you deal with, you know, obviously with not giving away too much, what is the common theme you've seen within them? of failures at a, at a childhood level, failures as an adult where I've relapsed again. How do I get back up on that horse? What is there any steps or any tricks or tools that you found to be helpful for those people that maybe our viewers be interested in? Well, I, totally. And I think first we have to almost step back a little bit and understand what's going on. Again, we talked last time about a lot of therapy is noticing what's going on in your brain. 
and noticing what mindsets are happening and what our relationship is with our thoughts. And so one of the first things that we know we have to do is start to really analyze or look at our relationship and our beliefs around failure. And so they've categorized this between really two um, mindsets. And honestly, it's, we all have, we're somewhere in the middle. We have a little bit of both, right? But the, the one mindset is a fixed mindset, which is to say, I have failed. I, I'm not going to be able to do this. And really, when we think about this, the beliefs around failure are related to our beliefs around success, right? So if I have a fixed mindset, I think that somebody is successful because they are talented and they have this ability to be successful above and beyond me, maybe. Versus a growth mindset, which is that talent is important, but really what leads to success is um, the way you're using your talent and effort and attitude and mindset and all these other things, perseverance and failure. In this mindset, you have to fail in order to succeed. It's just a key component of it. So I think when we talk about in general, what do we do with failure? The first thing is, is looking at your beliefs around it. And one of the things we know, sort of caveat, this is again, complicated, but we know that when people, especially with depression or different kinds of mental illness, think about an event, they tend to attribute it to certain things. So if I fail a test, I might say, well, I failed because the teacher wrote a really bad test, right? That's something else. That's an external cause versus I failed because I suck at math. That's an internal cause, right? The same thing is true with, a, with the, this, and then different kinds of mindset where I might say I failed that because I'm a bad student or because I'm not smart and I'm never going to be smart. I'm never going to be good at school versus well, right now I'm just not working very hard or I'm not doing very well right now, but I'm going to get there, right? So I think this is all a long way of saying that there, our first step is really understanding what our beliefs are around why people succeed and why people fail. And then we can figure out again, what do we do with it? What do we go? Where do we go from there? Does that so make sense? It does. Because what I'm kind of hearing is like trying to identify, and I know this is difficult to do, but identifying irrational thoughts in my head of failure of first yeah. of first learning how to identify was that actually a failure kind of like you just said my life is marred with failure at least in my own head like everything i've ever done has been a failure but that's impossible that's not true right, right? so i have right. to i'm trying to figure out a process that i can be like dude that's crazy that's, that's not a failure. That was kind of what you said. That was an extremely hard test or that was just a tough thing to go through. Nobody was going to get through that. And I think that's, that's a hard thing to do, but I think that's what you're saying, right? Is trying to identify that or at least eliminate the other options of like, none of those are true. What you're thinking of right now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's definitely, again, we're not going to be successful for trying not to think thoughts. Because if you could do that, you would do that. We would just not think those thoughts, right? So instead, it's more, okay, that's the thought that's coming in. And yeah, let me challenge that a little bit. Maybe this was a really difficult test. Maybe it's true that I could have tried harder and I failed because I didn't really put in the effort that I could have. I think the key that I find really hopeful when we talk about um, 
failure and especially success, when we talk about trying to build that growth mindset and help people to pause and notice, okay, what is your belief around that failure that you just had and how's that impacting you? The key word that people use is yet. And I love that. It's all about, I didn't, I'm not there yet, or I didn't do, I'm not good at math yet. I didn't do well at this test yet, right? But that doesn't mean always or forever or because you are a failure because of some internal, it's a little bit of both, but the key is yet. I really like that because so many of us do put that nail in the coffin, right? You fail totally. once, failure, you're a total failure, <laughs> you're out, right? You're done. Um, I also think in terms of like mental health, and I know this has been an issue that I've dealt with, and I'm sure a ton of other people have that have had addiction issues and substance abuse issues, is relapse, is mm -hmm. struggling with going for such long periods of time when you're doing what you need to be doing and then faltering and then just letting yourself continue to fall down the stairs, even though it was just a tiny hiccup because you put in mm -hmm. that mindset of your, I failed. I failed to stay sober. I failed to stay away from the things that attribute to making my mental health worse. Um, I'm sure you've dealt with people like that and had patients like that. Um, as far as like getting back on the horse with that, I know it's the same mentality, but I think that's a little bit trickier, right? To come back from something like that. Yeah, and, and not just with, I mean, with addiction, it's a different a different level of, of difficulty, right? Because we have this really um, like chemical, biological thing going on too, physiological thing going on. And with any behavior that we want to change, I mean, I think about OCD, which is one of my specialties that I, I treat a lot of OCD, going back to a compulsion that you've treated or even rumination or worry or cutting or any of body repetitive picking, you know, any of these behaviors that people do, um, self-sabotaging, interrupting relationships, any of these things. When we go back to one of those behaviors, we see it as, well, I'm starting over. I'm starting at square one. I've, I've failed. I have to start over. I can't do this. I'm never going to get back there. I'm never going to be able to do this. And first of all, starting over is literally impossible unless you have a time machine. And if you do, then you can let me in on that. <laughs> but otherwise, you know things now that you didn't know then, right? And that's where we get to this failure, like not really being a thing because you know things now that you didn't know then. I tell people in, in therapy with me, when they have a downturn, that's a weird way to say that, when they have a, a week that's bad or they go back to a behavior, or they, they perceive a failure. I'm like, oh, thank God, okay, great. If you didn't have that, then I wouldn't think this was working, right? That's not real life. You have to have the down weeks and the down days and the mess ups in order to know that you're really like improving, that you can do this, that you're working on this. If everything is all sunshine and rainbows, that's not, it's not it's, ever. It's not, right? It's gray. It's not oh, every right. single color. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway. I try and reinforce it. And I'm sure you have patients that come in every day that forget like if if I was one of your patients, you you'd be so frustrated by me. You'd be like Tyler. We literally talked about this yesterday, but I've tried to recognize that growth within myself, and I've seen it in other people too. And the gosh, the word you said yet is such a cool word. It's like you are gonna get there type feeling. Um, but yeah, I've recognized. I've had people sit me down and be like, dude, do you realize where you were? 
And I think yeah. more people need that, right? Especially some of our viewers to like really internalize that of look how far you've come because you're still here. Right. Yeah. Um, totally. So as far as like any other skills, cause look, I, I know I'm fishing, but ice face was so successful. <laughs> Everybody loved ice face. It was the best thing that they've ever heard that oh, I've ever God. heard in my life. Um, but as far as like skills, is there anything else like physically that we could kind of touch or get into as far as regulation exercises, things that we could do to notice those things? I know that failure is very deep down inside much more than like, I don't want to call anxiety surface level, but we can physically, you know, knock my mic, physically feel ourselves be anxious, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. And, and so I'm looking down at my notes because there's things I, I really wanted to share. So that's what I was looking down at. You, dive um, in. Yes. It's so good. I think the, the key again, the same thing we talked about last time with anxiety is one of the first things they'd say kind of over and over again with failure is that acceptance piece of saying, I'm feeling this right now. This is showing up and avoiding it or excusing it or pretending like it's not happening isn't going to be helpful. So the first step is that noticing, okay, I feel like I have failed and I'm going to tell myself that thing, that inner motto, which is screwing up does not make me a screw up. Not the same thing, but I'm feeling the emotion. And especially if it's shame, right? Because we know that failure a lot of times brings up shame, which I think is one of the hardest feelings to feel, truly. One of the hardest emotions because it's so personal um, and innate. And it's like, if I feel shame about myself, that's very hard to feel, right? So if we're noticing that showing up, we're noticing that those feelings are there, and then we're noticing what thoughts are coming up about it, that's where we can start to... to grow. That's where we target, right? Okay. I've got this feeling. What I really want to do is hide or bail or use or, you know, do something to get out of it. Instead, I'm going to let it be here. And one of the keys that we do a lot of times is this really cool mindset skill that I'll teach you. And then I'm going to teach you one other, the mindset skill, which is called urge surfing. And this one is actually specifically was created for Urge, urge surfing. Stay with me. So ur I'm, for... I'm surf, surfing on urges. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> surfing on urges. It was created for substance use. It was coined for substance use. But then it's been used for any kind of behavior that's problematic. Or by problematic, I mean moving you away from the direction that you want to be going. Right? Like if you're wanting to be treating your social anxiety but you're isolating okay, that would be problematic because you're not moving the direction you were trying to head, right? So urge surfing is noticing that that urge is coming in to do that mood-based behavior. And instead of engaging in the mood-based behavior, we're just going to ride the wave. We're going to literally imagine riding a wave. Oh, we're just going to wait for five minutes and then make it 10, make it 15. We're just riding the wave. This is showing up and we're just going to wait. Just give me five minutes. Okay. I can be on this wave for five minutes and then you just keep going. Gotcha. I mean, I, I'm laughing about that because I, I think all of us can kind of tune into that, right? Like everybody who heard you just say that, like last week when I had to move and I did not want to do my show, my immediate response to things I don't like like that is wanting to leave the country, wanting to leave the planet. So in a way, I think I might have been doing urge surfing and didn't know it because I literally just sat outside for like an hour just being like, don't, you can't, you can't run, 
we can't go anywhere to sit with the emotion, which is such a hard thing to do. I think that's a great term, urge surfing. That's excellent. Huh? huh? Yep. They have, and they have lots of handouts and things online, and may, I'll post something that's good about it. But I think the idea is just oh, so often when we have emotions, especially a failure that has those hard emotions plus all these beliefs that are just rooted in who we are and all these things we think about ourselves in the world, um, we tend to really want to go with a mood-based behavior instead of a value-based behavior, which what we want to do is hold off on the mood-based action and try to do something that's values-based instead. And sometimes when that's too hard to access, just wait, just delay. That's when you use your ice face and your deep breathing and maybe some distraction. Again, we're accepting the emotion, not trying to get out of it, but we're just going to delay, ride the wave. So ice face is the answer is what you're telling me to all of life's problems, basically. It is. Let me teach you one more really quick. So we have time. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Okay. Um, really, I have like five that I teach. And I think last week we did the five finger breathing. We did ice face. Those are the only two, right? We did that, and then you showed us the triangle as well. But that was kind of more just to like recognize, yes. but that yes. wasn't actually, I guess, a skill. Yeah, no, right. I have one or I have, I think, two more main skills that I use. But I'm gonna, I'll teach you this one first. Okay, so right from where you're sitting right now. Okay. You're not gonna move. You're gonna look around your room and call out ten things that are blue. Just call them out. I'm gonna count them. Um, the floor. One. My curtains. Two. The light on my speakers. Three. My sleeping bag. Four. My tank top. Five. My chalk. Six. Blue chalk. Um, I think that's the only thing I had. Those are the only blue things in my room. Okay, give me four more that are black. My desk. Seven. My phone. Eight. Um, my keyboard. Nine. My lights. Ten. Yes. Okay. Perfect. That's called find ten. When you were doing that, what were you thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anything. You were thinking about finding ten blue I, things. That's it. That's all I was thinking about. Yeah. Great. I always get a little nervous when I ask that question that someone's going to answer not that way. <laughs> we don't because we're focused on the task at hand, right? Right. This is a grounding skill. It's a grounding mindfulness skill that's going to make you pause and look at your environment and ground in, in the present. Where am I right now? Instead of the spiral, because that's in your head, right? We're going to come back to the present. We're going to ground for a minute, and then we're going to go back to whatever we were dealing with. I laugh because it made me feel better. I feel better right now because you did your witchcraft on me with your with your mental health skills right there. Um, I don't make any of it up. It's all science. Even the yet that was Carol Dweck that video that I posted. That was it's it's just that, science. So that one is called Find Ten. That one's called Find Ten. Okay. Well, that's what I call it. It's a ground. It's grounding. Grounding. Okay, but find the ten objects. That's our exercise. And it can be any 10 objects. Man. You can do color, shape. Yep. It's a good one. That's so good. Our viewers at home are probably doing the same thing. They're, they're turning their partner like, fine, fine, five yellow things. 
And they're yes. probably their partner's like, "What the? What are you talking about? Right? <laughs> we're doing it. We're drowning ourselves, honey." Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> pause and do that one when you notice the thoughts leading to the emotion, the spiral. Pause and do that so that you can sort of choose how you want to respond differently. If you do, if you can, but we're just going to step out to step back in, move us in a values direction. I think that's perfect. Man, Doc, thank you again for showing up and just dropping yeah. some amazing knowledge on us. Um, those are so so many good techniques in there, and I love your perspective on all of it. Um, it, it like you said, it's, it's one of the tougher ones to crack. Failure has so much, like you said, wrapped up into it, those really hard emotions. So I appreciate you stopping by again and, and trying to help us out with that. Stay with it. You're not alone. We all feel like failures. We, we all are. That's part of it. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Aaron Underbrink, everybody. Uh, Doc, we'll, we got to have you on again in the future. The people love you. You know, I can't help it that they do. So we'll have to get you on later on, uh, talk about something else. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Doc. Bye. Man, knocked it out of the park per usual. That is so good. I'm not kidding. Like, I feel better. <laughs> like, it. And I laugh because I don't like it sometimes when people make sense and then it works for me and then I feel like a kid again, but that's kind of how that made me feel. I actually got like really interested. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm going to find the five blue things. I'm out of blue things. What else? Okay. I'll find another color. I found some more colors. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And before I, we get to more good stuff, um, before I bring on my next guest, um, who's going to expand on this conversation. Um, you know, how I do quotes a lot on the show. We usually wrap up the show with a quote, but I wanted to put this quote out there for you guys because I, I, I think it's a really, really good one. Um, and I think the cool thing about any quote is that you can have it mean so many different things to you. You know, it doesn't have to mean just this one literal thing. Even if it's meant to be that, I still think you should be able to pick and choose. And you can. Most of these people are dead. It's fine. So... Um, this quote is a, is a favorite of one of my best friends, uh, my best friend Jake, who is actually a head coach of a college baseball team up in Oklahoma, and he loves to recite this quote. He loves this quote so much, and he uses it as a coach all the time that he actually enforces a rule for his players to have to remember it. They have to be able to recite it anytime he calls upon them. And to this day... Well, according to him, he could be lying, but I've never known Jake to be a liar. Not one player has failed to do so because this quote is just so very important. Um, and I talked to Jake today about um, all of it. You know, it's really not about winning and losing. It's not what happens in the baseball diamond. Uh, diamond. Jake talks about life and he talks about failure. He told me today, he's like, failure is real. Accept it, be vulnerable with it, attack it. And so I wanted to read this quote. And this quote to me, while I read this, is really about the beasts, the demons, and the critics inside my own head, you know, that imaginary peanut gallery that's throwing lettuce at me all the time. So I want to read you the quote called The Man in the Arena. If you've never heard it before, I imagine a lot of you have, but I think this is the best quote before we get to our next guest who's patiently waiting um, for everybody to kind of internalize, and I hope you can take something from it. Man in the arena is uh, Teddy Roosevelt, one of our cooler presidents. Had a lot of wisdom, and he dropped this one. He said, it is not the critic who counts, 
not the man who points out how the stronger man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's a damn good quote. And to me, those cold and timid souls he talks about, that's the inner voice inside my head. Maybe it's yours. It's the disease that I have in my head that keeps me from wanting to have a normal life. But I do think the, the I do think universally that the specific line, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again. That can be applied to all of us. So I do want to say for all of you guys out here that stuck around to listen uh, to the doc and you're here to get to our next guest. Um, if you made it through the day, you deserve the credit from fighting, fighting and fighting again, time and time and time again against your affliction. If you took just one step, one word, you deserve credit, period. End of story. It's pure fact. It's fact. You're fighting back against the failure. You cannot fail if you keep getting back up, period. And so I want to get our next guest on who, uh, he's just tremendous. He's just a tremendous guy. And um, I'm going to turn that off real quick. Um, good old friend of mine from back in the day that we met and just one of those instant connections, friend of a friend type thing. And he actually, when I, when I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, what do you want to talk about? And failure had been on my mind because it's on my mind all the time. And he's like, I want to talk about failure, but I also want to talk about recovering and bouncing back. And I'm like, dude, say no more. You're on the show. So um, I cannot wait to hear uh, what this guy has to say. Uh, this is my friend Edward Stockwell, who is a former social media manager at Rooster Teeth and currently a copywriter for Bud Light. And I hope that they can bring back the, the frogs. Do you guys do the frogs, Edward, or is that Budweiser? Budweiser, if you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. It's Budweiser okay, cool. that does the frogs, but you guys could do the frogs. Budweiser. I have brought it up. Uh, is apparently across party lines uh, and cannot cannot get the frogs. Can't do the frogs. Man, how no. how are we doing today? Are we doing good? We doing good. I'm ready to uh ready to watch these uh these viewer numbers plummet. Uh <laughs> just kidding. I'm no Meg Turney. Dot dot dot. Anyways. Oh, hey, but you all got right. you got a heart of gold though, man, and that's all that's all I need. Um, did you get a chance to to listen to Doctor Doctor Aaron? I did. I looked around for blue things. Um, <laughs> I don't really have any. I have one. Wait, other side. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. one big blue Bud Light can in my in my office. Man, right now. you're probably uh, surrounded by blue on a daily basis. Um, yes. So, man, let's just kind of jump right into it. We talked. You said you wanted to talk about failure and recovery and bouncing back. Um, and I know that you're a guy that you've been through a lot. And what does that mean to you? You know, I asked Doc the same thing. You know, if failure to everybody is different, right? So mm -hmm. what, what is failure to you? 
Oh boy. Um, I think failure to me is kind of like paralysis. Like you can't, it's like this inability to move forward until you like address your past. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, to me, it's, you know, for, as, as an example, you know, I, had where we met at Rooster Teeth, you know, that was sort of my like dream job that I thought was probably not going to ever happen. I had interned there uh, in college and really enjoyed it and then had to go uh, for to another media company for my first job. And then I landed that job at Rooster Teeth and I was like, boom, this is it. Like, never going to leave. This is it. I'll be there for 10, 15 years, you know, what have you. <laughs> and uh, like six months in, um i forget what the uh specific name of the storm was some of you might know where i where i'm going with this but um you know we were we were chilling in our our marketing office on a friday um and i don't i'm not there anymore so i don't know if it goes against hr but uh our boss had made some uh some tequilas or some some margaritas um so we had a little cup of margaritas we were watching uh, this storm kind of roll into uh, the Gulf of Mexico, and it was spinning. And uh, my not boss, but like supervisor at the time, was just like, "Hi, it looks like one of our fidget spinners." Um, and someone goes, "Oh, Edward, you should make that. Like, just put it over it because we gotta sell these." And I was like, "Really? I should?" And we were like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay." And so I made this GIF, and it was a fidget spinner going over. Uh, this hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico heading towards Texas. And I was like, <laughs> typed, like, stay safe, everyone. And I was like, are you guys sure I should? Because uh... in, in my, immediately in my gut, I was like, oh, don't, don't do this. <laughs> like, you, you're smarter. You've done social media for a while. But, like, I, I hadn't really ever had that kind of experience of, like, always going with your gut, even when there's, like, the kind of external pressures. And so people were like, yeah, it's fine. And like, I got a thumbs up from my boss. I was like, well, all right, hit send. And it was just like immediately bad news bears. <laughs> uh, immediately just got some some backlash. Um, and <laughs> so to the point where it was like, all right, we got to take it down. And I was just like, oh, no. Because then everyone, I'd been there for a while. So people knew it was me running the account. Um, and so... Yeah, so a couple hours, end of the day, was kind of going through, oh, I'm totally going to get fired. And then, you know, luckily, I had a great support system there on, like, my team and even, like, leadership at the company had reached out. And they were just like, hey, like, you're not going to get fired. Like, it's all good. And I had, you know, bosses of mine saying, oh, I remember when I tweeted out this really, you know, dumb thing. And I thought the same thing. I was going to get let go. And, like, you're totally fine, you know. Don't worry about it. Just go home for the weekend. Come back Monday. It's all good. It's all good. I had the CEO reach out to me and say, hey, like, you're good, man. And so I went home and the storm rolled in and I was by my, my roommate was gone that weekend and my now fiance girlfriend at the time was gone that weekend out of town. And so I was just like alone in my apartment and the power went out. And all I had was my phone and I literally for like at least 24 hours just like sat in the dark and just looked at Reddit and just like watched comment after comment come in of like, oh, he sucks. 
he's the worst. I hope I heard he got fired, and I was like, oh, do they know something? I don't know. Um, I hope he gets fired. Like absolute trash human being. Never liked him. All this stuff. And I was like addicted to it. I was just like a new one come off. I'm like, oh, gotta refresh it. Oh, gotta refresh it. Oh, gotta refresh it. And so I just kind of like, yeah, sat, I guess that's not super mentally healthy for you to sit in like a dark room for like a day, like reading <laughs> people, a live feed of people like say, say things about you and, uh, and critique you. Um, you probably know that a little bit, right? Uh, <laughs> just, just a tiny bit there. Edward. Just a tiny yeah. bit. I'm right? not a doctor either, but I would say no, not a healthy exercise to do. <laughs> yeah. So I sat in the dark and I came back that weekend and like things were fine you know especially again my team was super supportive but i was just like oh they're right like i am bad at what i do and behind the scenes you know our you know vp of growth had told me you know i'm a big meme boy as as some of y'all know and at the time introduced like to instagram and twitter lots of memes and stuff and i know that's not everyone's cup of tea but, you know, I had been told by, like, our VP of audience acquisition, who was like, whoa, Instagram is just, like, blowing up. It's the fastest growing, you know, audience gain platform that we have at Rooster Teeth. Like, keep it up and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I, despite actual data, people were had, had told me, you know, you're, you're terrible what you do. You should quit or you should be fired. And I was like, oh, I guess they're right. Maybe, maybe I should. Um, and so I had reached out to an old boss of mine who had just started a company um, kind of doing digital media, social media things. And I was like, hey, like, will you hire me? And he was like, yeah, totally. And <laughs> he offered me a job. And like, sure, I was I was at Rooster Teeth for like seven months because I left about a month afterwards um, and just kind of like gave in and started this new job. And I was actually going to get paid more at this new job. But after a couple weeks, I was just like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, I shouldn't have given in so easily like you really i really love that job like why did you walk away from it and i walked away from something i'd been chasing for a long time and into something that was like convenient and you know it was paying me okay but i didn't really have any passion for and i didn't really see what that next step was going to be with that job and so it <laughs> uh, my boss had promised me 18 months 18 months of the day you know it, it went under um, and so I was like, crap, you know, we talked, yeah, I heard you talk about resume stuff earlier. Right. And I had the same thing. I was like, oh, like I was at Rooster Teeth for seven months. Then I went to the startup that has no really name recognition at all. And so I had to really make a decision. Um, and I decided to go into like agency marketing and to work for an advertising agency, but I'd really only worked for some brands and stuff. So I kind of had to start over my career. Um, and I actually took a huge pay cut at the time was just like very scary and kind of started bottom rung at a, at a little local agency here in Austin. And uh, again, it was just like three years of that old job. And then this new job where I just felt like I had failed. And I was like, there's, that was it. I was like, that was my one job that I wanted and I'm not going to get it back, you know? there's not going to be something like that again. Like you, you fumbled, you dropped the ball, like it's, it's done. Um, so in that time, you know, as I said, I was a meme boy or am a meme boy. I decided with like a couple friends of mine who I had worked with at my very first job to start 
an Instagram page called Spicy Boys, and we were just like, you know what? We always made memes before for brands and stuff. Like, let's just do it for ourselves, just for fun. Um, we had some viral hits, and it really took off. And in fall of last year, fall of 2020, actually the summer of 2020, a friend of mine had sent me this kind of advertisement that they had seen on Instagram of Bud Light was looking for their chief meme officer. And it was a three-month position, uh, contract position, where you'll have to make memes for them. And it was going to pay, like, pretty nice. I was sent to be like, you'll be good for this. And still in the back of my head, though, was that just, like, you're not good at what you do. You're bad at what you do. And so I sat on it for a while, but then finally applied. Um, and then, like, assumed I didn't get it. And it was this was like midsummer, and then October rolled around, and then they interviewed me and then hired me on for that, which was crazy. And then very shortly after that, after the contract rolled up, um, offered me a job full time as a copywriter for them at Bud Light. And so it just kind of completely this like super inconsequential thing just totally like turned around um, and turned into something that's really really cool opportunity. Um, so I that I never thought would have happened. Um, I thought I was going to stay on this kind of like low level you know advertising agency path and you know you just never know what's going to happen and you just kind of have to keep the faith a little bit and just kind of get back on the horse and just kind of get out of your own head but i don't know that's my experience with it i know i've, I've, I've said a lot no i i think that's great in a bunch of different regards because edward um from my perspective and maybe our viewers will will say the same thing I heard you you talk about basically everything we have today on failure being kind of a true two pronged thing is that there is actual failure, right? There can be that actual failure that you have to go through, but then the ones that you manifest, um, Edward kind of disappeared right there real quick. We'll see if we can't get him back, yeah. but I can hear you. I just can't see you. Unfortunately, your screen went, um, I need to turn off and turn on my camera. There you go. Right. Boom. So anyways, like I was saying, we got to, we're back now. Um, I, I, I hear two things like you went through some actual failure, um, but you also kind of let it spiral out of control, but you were just going through the human experience where those perceived failures led you to all these different things. You went to different jobs and now you've landed in this spot that you never thought you'd be in. Kind of like when you started off at Rooster Teeth again, like the dream job, it turned into something else. So I think it's just funny kind of how that works. Like it, it plays through the head. It was like, is fail your real? Like, did I fail right there? Where did I fail? It's like you never yeah. know where you really fail. No, it was all, I wouldn't have the job that I have now and this new really exciting opportunity if I hadn't, you know, failed at Rooster Teeth for, like, you know, for lack of a better term. Like, But that's probably um, in your head that you failed, right? Like mm -hmm. that you kind 100%. of cr created that manifestation. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, but yeah, you just don't know. I, I, I hear lots of people all the time. And even, you know, when I was there, you know, at RTX, which I loved every year, that the huge uh, fan convention, um, you know, we would get people ask all the time, like, how do I work here? Like, how do I get a job here? Like, this is all oh, I yeah. want. I want to work here. And, you know, a lot of the times, uh, at the time, you know, Bernie Burns, who we all know, would say like, hey, you know, we, we love you people to work at Rooster Teeth, but I would encourage everyone to like make their own Rooster Teeth um, and do, you know, and so that always stuck in my head. I won't say it. It's what led us to start Spicy Boys, our little channel, but like 
it was something that was like you know what like i'm i know i'm good at this like let me just like do it for myself and see where it goes um and it's it's interesting too you know you have that dream kind of like job or company you want to work for and sometimes you get it sometimes you don't but then you get it and it doesn't take long for it for you to go okay now what <laughs> you know it's like all right now i've gotten this especially if you do it at a young age you know i was like 24 at the time 23 maybe and you say okay what's next because this can't this isn't everything that i thought it was going to be or that it can be so what's 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 next and i think it's very easy to to kind of drop the bag right when you've secured it very early on um and then once that happened again you spiral and you go oh i i blew it i had that one shot and it's all it's all done now yeah i i think it leads and that can be attributed to so many different things right like that can be attributed to relationships uh everything outside of the workplace of like oh i have to give up that person, that interaction I just had, they fucking hate me. I am never going to talk to them again because I blew it. I blew this conversation when we just make these things up. But I think the the cool thing about your story, and I, I think hopefully people take away from it, is that the whole story is you moving forward, which is the difficult thing to do in all of this, right, is to keep moving forward. Even if it's painstaking, to me, that's at least how you get over the failure because you kind of mentioned something that Bernie said, Terry Crews... Um, we all know and love Terry Crews, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, whatever you want to, uh, he's in everything. Um, he had a great quote about, we all have to kind of make our own kitchen to, so that way we can eat what we want to eat. And we don't have to keep eating somebody else's food, which is a difficult thing to do, right? It is. Um, but it kind of seems like you've found that path and done that. And I hope people can take that away that like, if you do keep me moving forward, you can get to places you never even dreamed of, right, Edward? Because did you really see yourself being a copywriter for Bud Light? No, I did not. I did not at all. And I'll be moving in a couple of weeks, or yeah, a couple of weeks, God, uh, to New York, which is a place that a year ago my friends and family can attest that I was like, oh, I'll never, I'll never move there. You know, I don't want to live there. You'll have to pay me a million dollars to live in New York. Nothing against New York. I've been there a couple of times and I like it, but I just never saw myself living there. And now, um, and now so, you yeah. are. <laughs> now I'm going to, yeah, now I'm going to. Um, and of course, you know, someone said it, I think in the chat earlier, it's like the fear though of, of success is also the, the biggest fear. Not that I'm successful. I don't know. But like the biggest fear also with failure um, is now I'm just like, oh, well, now I'm, I'm worried about, I'm about to, you know, move across the country for this job. What if I'm not good at the job and like all this, all this new stuff. And like, I've been working there for a while now and things are going well, but like, what if it, you know, what if I, I mess up again and drop the ball and you know, all that sort of stuff. So it can be debilitating, you know, in the good times as well. Um, and it's easier now, of course, when you're past the the bad times to be like, oh, it was all for a purpose. And, you know, I had to go through this to get to, to where I am now. But, you know, during those, you know, three years or whatever, when I was kind of like in this career limbo mumbo jumbo, like it was tough. Like it was not easy because the whole time you're just like in your own head, um, you know, I have very successful friends and very successful like family who are doing you know awesome things in their career um as i'm sure you know you you know people just like it too where you know when you're when you're kind of in that stumbling phase and you're just on social media watching everyone just seemingly crush it you know seemingly crush it right (laughs) 
yeah because we only see we only see the the good stuff on social media but you just see people just absolutely nail it and they're getting promotions and they're they're you know on on tv and they're they're doing all this stuff and you're just like crap <laughs> crap that's not me um and so yeah it's it's so easy to i think assign so much of your self-worth to what it is that you do because that's the first question new people ask you right so what do you do like and it's it's i try to like myself stay away from asking people that but it's you know it's so easy to fall into that trap right what's what's the next best question that you can ask people how are you today that's what how you are ask? you today <laughs> exactly how are you today free promo for the okay. show man all the time oh, exactly hashtag send them the link everything <laughs> um I think that's awesome. That's a really good perspective to have is being able to recognize when you were kind of in the shit, if you will, going through that, picking up those those tick, tri- uh, tips and tricks um, along the way to kind of survive because so many people don't depending upon their mental health, right? They can find themselves in the bad times and they, they don't come out, unfortunately. Um, I just like hearing stories like yours where it's like you can and you will. You haven't done it yeah. yet but you're going to be good. Exactly. It's going to get better and it might not be better in the way that you're imagining. Right. I think that's the toughest thing right there is because you do have that. I have this mountaintop that I'm going to go get and I'm going to go stand on top of. But if you end up standing on top of another mountain that you didn't even know, that's pretty cool too. That's not bad. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Again, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into agency work and I had set myself a new ladder to climb and I'd actually started climbing it even before I got, I, I, accepted a, a new job at like a pretty substantial agency in Austin, like when Bud Light approached me. And so I actually had to turn down. I had already accepted an offer. And so I had to call them and be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'd already started making this this kind of steps and it wasn't going to be as exciting, but it was like going to be like a good job and that was going to lead to a better job. And so I'd set a path to climb. That was probably different than the one, you know, that I initially imagined four years ago. And then two months or two weeks later, it was a completely different path as well. So there's always going to be that, again, like you said, you're, you're climbing a mountain or you want to climb a mountain, but you might just climb the one next to it or one on another continent, but it's still climbing a mountain. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. You got to keep moving forward, which is so difficult to do. But yeah, man, I used to work in a kid's bookstore and now I'm hosting a mental health show with a dude named Edward. I don't know. Life takes you crazy yeah. places, man. <laughs> yeah. You used, used to have a, a sports show with, with me and Khalif. Remember that? <laughs> I, I do remember that. Many moons ago, I do. And before that, I had a show, Edward, that was of the same name. The it was same, the same name. Same I name. <laughs> same show. Yeah. So we don't, we just, it's a crazy thing. Uh, and things happen in your control and completely out of your control that, you know, are going to, absolutely derail you sometimes in good ways sometimes in bad ways sometimes a good way and then a bad way and then a good way and then sometimes a bad way and then a good way and you just it's up and down it's a roller coaster and you just gotta like just stay on the ride and it'll you'll go up the hill again and you'll go back down it and then you'll go back up that's <laughs> <do a> loop. <laughs> that whole quote we're gonna put on a t-shirt all yes. of that <laughs> man um i appreciate you stopping by the show today and sharing that with us um I think a lot of people are going to get lessons out of that. Probably heard a little bit of their story in it as well. Um, but good lessons of just keeping moving forward and just you never know where you're going to end up, but it's all going to be okay. So, man, I hope everything goes okay and your move to NYC. 
Um, try and get those frogs, man. I know you can't, but like, hey. I th- want them, dude. Get them I frogs back them. on TV. People would be so happy to get those frogs on TV again. We haven't I seen get them. asked. I get asked like every week. My dad is just like, tell them, hey, tell them to bring back Spuds McKenzie. I'm just like, they're not going to. <laughs> He's just like, I think they tried, and then there's like a legal thing because uh, there's a whole there's a whole story into like why they can't. My dad every week is just like, hey, tell them to bring it back. That's your that's a billion dollar idea. I'm like, oh, I know they they won't do it. Hey, your hey, your dad ain't wrong. That is a million dollar wrong. idea. He ain't wrong. Spuds McKenzie wrong. and the frogs, guys. Just get the whole animal gang together. What are we doing here, bud? Like, come on. I know. Awesome. Make a competing beer. All right, dude. <laughs> uh, well, this is awesome. This is excellent. Thank you for doing this. Um, I had I had fun. Thanks, man. And, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll watch your work from afar. We'll be all every time you guys see Bud Light, guys. That's Edwards. I don't know unless if that's it's bad. And then it was someone else. Unless it's bad, it was not his. <laughs> I actually will have. Speaking of Twitch, we just, I just had a commercial I wrote is going to be coming out on Twitch soon. Really? Uh, for for Bud Light, if you see a Bud Light ad and they're all playing computer games and it like it's three different perspectives and stuff that's gonna be my commercial so oh, okay that's awesome i won't ask any more yeah. i don't want to get you in trouble but that's <laughs> freaking cool we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that yeah, awesome dude. all right, all right dude I'll, I'll talk to you later man peace good stuff right there from my boy edward it's funny how all these things work out like you said you got got the bag early got his dream job had some bad stuff happen, talked himself out of it, and sent himself on a completely different path. But he moved forward on all of it, which I know is the difficult thing in all of this when it comes to failure, is the moving forward. It's extremely hard to do. That's why I say all of you are lucky and should be proud and give yourselves credit and a pat on the back if you are here watching, listening to the show, because you're freaking here. It's so good. So, um... That's pretty much going to wrap it up tonight for the show. Um, I hope so. I hope you guys got some good lessons out of that. If you didn't hear what Dr. Aaron said about fine tin, of finding tin things in your room of the same color, my God, please practice that. I did it live on the show. It was it was ridiculous. It was so good. Um, that was an amazing show. So like I, I teased at the beginning of the show as well, uh, if you guys stick around for the post show here in a second, um, What I'm going to do is kind of give you guys your new homework because we were supposed to do show and tell this week, but unfortunately, um, that didn't quite go as planned. We just had a lot of stuff happen, didn't do show last week, you know, some people kind of forgot. So we didn't have a ton of show and tell, and I thought, that's fine. We don't need to do that homework. It can be one of those we throw away. You know, we had to take a week off, it's whatever. But the homework coming up this week is... um, going to be a writing exercise. So if you stick around for the post show, you get to see and hear what that's all about. And then you also get to hear about my story about the spider and everything I've done in my life. So with that, thank you everybody for uh, showing up tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Edward Stockwell. Thank you to Dr. Aaron Underbrink. I'm Tyler Coe. This is How Are We Today? And we will see you guys next week.